Yo, what's up guys and gals? I cannot believe it is already December. It is the end of the year, the end of 2019, and 2020 will be halfway over before you know it. This year, the Rating Center, uh, we're trying something a little bit different this winter. We are typically a little bit slower in the winter seasons, and uh, it's partially been by design, and it's just just been me. But as we've grown over the years, as we've expanded as a company, the Rating Center, we have a few examiners, a few different coach course directors as well. We uh, want to be able to help you guys and gals out in the winter seasons that cannot jump. So if you're up in the Midwest, in the North, you're someplace that you're just not jumping as much, and this off season, you want to stay in tune, you want to stay in touch, come on out hit up a canopy course. It's a great time to get those ratings knocked out. Coach rating, tandem rating, AFF rating, whatever it is you want to do, come knock it out. That way, at the beginning of your season, you'll be ready to skydive. You'll be ready to jump with those new jumpers. It's always nice to get some of that uh, rust knocked off in the middle of the winter. A lot of you might know I worked in the Midwest for, oh, a few years. And uh, the winter, man, we took four months off. We sat there and just jones to skydive. I couldn't wait to skydive. I remember packing and unpacking my rig in the middle of a January just because I had nothing else to do and I really wanted to do something skydiving related. So I know you're bored. I know you are sick of the cold. Come on down to Spaceland Houston, the rating center. We're based out of Houston, but we have campuses in Dallas and San Marcos, Texas as well. Come hit us up. You can go to theratingscenter.com. Check out our website. Our contact page is there. You can email us there as well or at trc at theratingscenter.com. Till then, tonight, our guest is a guy named Hudson K. Hudson started skydiving just this year and has over a 1,000 skydives. The kid has been crushing it. The kid has been killing it. Super nice guy. Also won the film festival this year. Enjoy Hudson K. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Well, hey. Mr. Hudson K., how you doing, sir? Hello. Hello. I'm good. Dude, that, co- that color looks really good on you. It really brings out your eyes, in fact. Thank you. <laughs> Only been going 10 <laughs> seconds. I'm already hitting on our guest. My Man. grandma says the same thing. Oh. Does she? Yeah. Dude, I really... Is it weird? I feel like me and your grandma will get along pretty well. You and my grandma? Yeah. I think so. She seems yeah. like a real nice lady. Yeah, for sure. So she's cooking a lot of uh, cookies for your friends. That's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. She's the one only reason I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> how, how often does your grandma make these cookies? Um, She'll make them about once every three weeks. Man, I don't have a woman wow. in my life what? that takes anywhere near as good yeah, a care of me. She just that. makes a big batch and puts them in the freezer. It seems like every time I see you, you have these cookies. <laughs> ah, so you makes a big batch. Yeah. So you have them all the time. Yeah. She doesn't make them daily. You just bring them daily. And I ration them out. <laughs> You're a smart man. <laughs> You're a real sharp cookie. No. Let's see what you did there. That doesn't right. make any sense. Cookies aren't sharp. Well, smart cookie. That's what this saying. Uh, yeah. My brain's just not good at remembering things. Smart cookie. That's Thanks. what I said. Thanks Everyone for explaining heard. that. I'm really glad it's not recorded so people that can go back and check. That means it's a good joke if you have to explain it. Fuck. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what... <laughs> no, I'm so excited to hear how terrible this joke is. It's awesomely bad. Please, please. What is Mario's pants made out of? What what are Mario's pants? Yep. 
made out of? <laughs> denim, denim, denim. Uh, <laughs> denim, 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 denim. That's all right. <laughs> denim, denim, denim. <laughs> all day. It's been, it's been stuck in my head for like three Dude, days. You know what's so weird? <laughs> the cadence of the blinker in my car, <laughs> it always gets the Mario Brothers theme song stuck in my head. That is really That's weird. That's probably the most common song that gets stuck in my head. I'll, I'll do it several times a week. I just walk around singing it. And it always starts with the with putting on my blinker. I'm so happy that that song's gonna be stuck in someone's head right now. Sharing the bird. Sorry, Hudson. So I learned about a nickname of yours today that I've been. I've okay. So the nickname is Quadzilla. I've been looking at your legs since you sat down. Where'd you get those legs? I know they're not selling those things at Walmart, not even on Black Friday. You know, I've never noticed your legs. Well, shut up and let him talk about his handsome legs. (laughs) What do you want to know about them? (laughs) Where did you get great thighs? Like, what did you do for exercise that that gifted you those legs? Um, I don't know. Maybe some squats. Okay. All right. So were you doing squats for fun? Were you doing squats as part of a sport? Um, Well, I was a diver, so... That was a big thing in that. So when you say a diver, what does that mean? Like a springboard diver. Swim and dive. Mostly diving. So springboard, does that mean that's different from like the high dive? Yeah, that's platform diving. Okay. So and we don't like those guys, judging by the tone <laughs> in your voice? It's just a, a different Lame. kind of that. They I think mean, they're above you? I mean, I guess if you're... <laughs> on, well, they are. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good one. That was good. Man, that one almost went over my head. <laughs> so you didn't have to explain that one. <laughs> Oh no! Well, this is what we've come to. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, talking shit to my friends is one of my bullshit. favorite things. I mean, and I mean, what we normally do? and I crushed his tiny heart with the Astros <laughs> when he walked in, so he's yeah, got to get me back. Exactly, that's what that is. <laughs> he has no heart. He has no soul. So springboard <laughs> diving. Uh, how, how do you get started in springboard diving? Um, well, some people get started from gymnastics. I got started uh, just playing around in a friend's backyard pool. Just doing some flips. Was there water in it at the time? Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. Doing some flips on a trampoline. Um, then the mom recommended uh, trying diving. So that's when I got started. And did the, this, this was your friend's mom? Yeah. Said, hey, check this out. Yeah. Did she have any experience with diving? Her son was a swimmer. So she knew there was like a dive team okay. that you could join. But you had but some, some trampoline skills before this? Yeah, just like a backyard trampoline, um, doing some flips. Flips and shit? Yeah. Oh, man, that's why that's you like skydiving, flips and shit. Man, that's so actually kind of the reason why I started skydiving. Because it looked like you could just do, do flips. All the flips all the way yeah, down? Yeah, like an <laughs> infinite dive. So have you done that jump yet? Uh, Pretty much. Like yeah. gone out on a fucking <laughs> solo and just ripped a bunch of flip twists? Probably jump number 20 something okay so i started going to gymnastics with the same goal of like i wanted to develop the visual perspective of what it's like to be flipping and rotating at the same time and i don't think that it's worked out very well for me was this after you started yeah this is like in fucking february i went to my first gymnastics (laughs) class it was so fun being in there with a bunch of eight-year-old kids and then me yeah same same size (laughs) i fit in so do you how do you feel like that skill set fits into skydiving it's helped so much i mean i don't care about hold on i want to talk about flips 
yeah. first. Because so, I know that you're a great skydiver, and I know you're going to have a really good explanation of how your your experience <laughs> in learning to dive has translated to skydiving. But right now, I just want to know, like doing flip twists on a skydive, does that yeah. feel the same to you as doing it off of a springboard? Um, Not really, because, I mean, a normal dive, you don't have all that air rushing at you. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot less resistance to do a lot of the the flips mm-hmm. but like spotting like what orientation you're in it helps a lot okay like whether you're upside down or or when to come out of a flip but you would never enter the water on your feet right oh uh, you can yeah oh is that something you would do yeah okay maybe i just don't watch enough diving well it, like competition you you don't really do a whole lot of feet first injuries but I guess on the trampoline, you would never land on your head on yeah, purpose. Yeah, exactly. But we can do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So do you, like, what do you think about when you when you huck that flip twist? Are you thinking about your body? Are you thinking about what you're seeing? Uh, probably mostly what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, and Talk then, me through it. I want to I build a mental picture around the way you do it. Um. So let's see. I look at the ground. Okay. Are we flipping forwards or backwards? Um, I'll flip for it. Okay. So I look at the ground, look as the ground goes by me, and then the blue sky, and then basically as soon as I can see the ground again, just come out of the flip. But where's the... I need to know about the twist. Oh, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of twist, flip twists, I guess, um, just because it's a lot different than doing it off of a diving board. Okay. What would you... Like, the move that I'm calling a flip twist, what would you call it? A front full? Yeah, like a, a, a what's the real full, words? I don't know. Full twisting somersault. So your your coach is talking to you. That's what they're gonna say. Yeah, I guess. What do you mean? You guess? I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same. The the twist. So I'm so excited yeah. about flips. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like you're interrogating the poor kid. Like, don't you know no, more about because diving, because son? I'm trying to steal his <laughs> secrets right now. I want so badly to do flipping <laughs> twists in the sky. He wants to be Hudson. Yeah, I, I don't do a whole lot of flip twists. We should try that. Yeah. I will come I'm chase down. you on a jump while you do that, and while you figure it out, and then you teach me. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Solid. I'm shocked. I actually thought you would have tried some of your old like diving moves. Yeah. After going out of the, the plane and realizing that there's a lot of wind pushing at you, it doesn't work a whole lot. Yeah. But um, it's like, especially on the exit when there's less... Like when there's more dead air. Yeah. I like to do that. So one thing that hasn't helped is the wind resistance. So it feels different, right? Mm -hmm. But the awareness, spatial awareness, the the orientation awareness is Mm -hmm. helpful. How about body awareness? How is that translated? Oh, yeah. A whole lot. Like the the position that your legs are in or where your, your head is, that has helped a lot. It's so easy when I find pictures of you on a skydive to pick out which one you are because you usually have like the straightest, you're in trouble, at attention, European body <laughs> flight stance I, I, I can find, man. I was like, hey, that guy must be from France. Um, you always look super squared away. And even when I watch video of you flying, you stay, your movement's imperceivable at times. Where somebody's moving super big to accomplish some movement across the sky, you just tilt. How are you? What? Why can you do that? What do you think is helping you do that? Um, I think that like getting into a position and being able to hold it and knowing what um like what movement in your body 
does something, it helps a lot of rather than just kind of like moving a whole bunch of stuff and figuring out how that moves. Yeah. I, I have a lot of moving parts. <laughs> like when I'm like jujitsu is the thing that I really, really want to learn and have very little training in, but something that I feel like challenges my brain in the same way that learning to skydive did of like, oh, you're doing this to my arm, but I still have legs. So how, how do you think about your body to, to have a better understanding of, of all your parts? Um, I kind of try to look as pretty as possible. <laughs> yes. Well, you're killing that game. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, thank you. Having like s- the straight legs and uh, yeah, but what like do you think about, about like? Because I can think about my legs, but the moment I do that, I forget about my arms. Um, I guess that's where the diving has really helped of like knowing or like being symmetrical. Like if my if I'm thinking about my legs and I know my arms are gonna be like right there. <laughs> So I know some people, a buddy of mine who would coach me free flying early on, would keep me through a flow to help me remember. And I actually would do better with it. And I'm curious if you're using something similar. I would just think hips, heels, head, hips, heels, head. And at that point, it, hips meant something. I knew what to do with my hips. Heels meant something. I knew what to do with my heels. It was drive them outward at that point. Um, head, pushing my head to the sky, to the ground. Are you thinking of body parts and keywords like that? Um, that really did help, uh, learning like head down, like thinking about your head first, then your shoulders and then your arms. Um, and just like kind of repeating that of like the priority list of. Yeah. And were you thinking about the details of those words or were you just thinking those cue words? Yeah. Those cue words and just knowing like when I think that, that means like, and even when you just start thinking about it, you, you do it. I see you in the plane uh, regularly. You're, you're very chill. You're very laid back. Just you in life in general. But in the plane, you do at some point seem to go away and visualize what you're about to do. When you're visualizing, are you move, uh, associating those cue words to certain movements? Yeah. I found that visualizing has helped a lot with diving. I've kind of been able to convert that over to skydiving. So just like when I think about, oh, now I have to do this part of the the jump. I'll think of like a body part that will help accomplish that. Accomplish. When when you're visualizing, do you see the jump from your your perspective, or you are? Is it like you're watching yourself do it? Uh, from my perspective. Do you do you ever visualize it in, in a like a third person way where you're seeing yourself? Um, not too often. You're just thinking about what you're gonna see. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you think about like? For me, when I'm trying to think about a, a, a certain body part, like I'll just try and feel the wind there in free fall of like, hey, I need to feel my jumpsuit flapping here or I need to feel this pressure here. Do you do anything like that? Yeah, kind of like the sensations of like feeling, okay, this is when I'm going to go head down or like when I'm going to um, start to feel that you're uh, like moving in a certain part of your body and the wind's going to hit that part. What do you um, what do you think is different about you and and y- you just learn really fast? Um, I guess we we could talk about your history in skydiving, which won't take very long. <laughs> we say that because when did you make your first jump? Uh, well, I technically made a tandem like three years ago. Where at? In Aruba on a family vacation. Oh. Well, I, we've, I remember this conversation yeah. with you now. What a beautiful jump! Oh yeah. Do you remember any of the visuals from that skydive? Yeah, you could see like the whole island in the super blue water, mm. and it was just 
fantastic. Are they still jumping there? Yeah. Are, have, do you know if you can go make a jump out there? Um, I don't know. I yeah. mean, they've only, they just have like this hut mm-hmm. and then they go to this, the only airport on the island. And then I was the only person doing a tandem. So it'd be interesting to go back and. Is, is it just skydive Aruba? Yeah. Justin, would you uh, maybe like to pull up some images of skydive Aruba? Just the interwebs and the Googles. The Googles box. Man, so uh, for me, like I, I've gone to Mustang Island, Port Aransas, just south of here. Made some, I made a jump, and Val and I, we did a two-way on our belly. We actually held hands and looked down the beach one direction. About halfway through the skydive, we keyed it and just turned the piece slowly 180 <laughs> and then looked down the beach the other way, pulled high, and enjoyed the view. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what I would picture, and I would love to. I, I'm, I love skydiving. I enjoy it. It's my job. When I go on vacation, I don't tend to want to skydive as much, um, but I'm at a point now where I do want to make those traveling skydives, but Aruba. Um, some of our friends are going to, uh, what's that one they're doing? Um, um, uh, on the islands, water blue. The Maldives that we were Thank talking you. about? Yeah, the Maldives. <laughs> uh, a few of my friends are going to that, and I would love to do that. Have you looked into going back to Aruba? Have you asked them at all? Um, I think I looked at their website to see if like you can find any experienced jumper prices, but I couldn't find anything. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could. Or I, I don't know what it would take to just hop on the plane with a tandem and jump w- with them. I would call them up. I would ask them. I know in some cases, sometimes uh, the drop zone might have a restriction, mm-hmm. an agreement with the drop with the airport they're taking off from, an agreement with the landing area they're in. Maybe some restrictions to size or density, population density or whatever. Um, so I do know some of those tourist destinations will go, hey, we have a free slot. Yeah, get on. You can get on only if we have a free slot. Commonly, the tourist destinations are full of tandems regularly. They put both. In a 182, you can fit four jumpers, two TIs, two tandem students, hand cam, and they sell it all day. Um, but, dude, what a beautiful jump. Is that from Aruba, Mr. Justin? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Per the YouTube description. Yeah, yeah. So if you're actually watching this on the uh, face spaces, uh, that is, man, what a, what a view. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty sweet. So three years ago, you make your first... You see the reef and all that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't want to get me. For, uh, that's not you. I was like, Did you just flip <laughs> off the camera? What's your grandma going to think of this, you young, wholesome, uh, good-looking a different white guy. <laughs> yeah, all, all white people look the same to him. So yeah, to you, you racist Asian. <laughs> what did you say, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how old were you when you made your first tandem? Uh, that was... Um, nineteen or eighteen. And you you were there a family? You said yeah. So did other members of your family jump? I'm assuming. Um. Well, that was at the point when uh, it was just me and my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was about to, but he never did. Uh, so no one else in your family jumped? No, it was just me. Man, that's a bold move. What about <laughs> now? Has any of your family members jumped since? Uh, my oldest brother did. Uh, he did a tandem in Washington, and then my dad uh, came to San Marcos and did a tandem, and I got to chase him. Nice. What did he yeah. think of it? Oh, he loved it. Yeah? Yeah, it was a great experience. What about your grandmother? Yeah, that was my next question. <laughs> Are we trying to talk grandma into skydiving? Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying our best, but uh, she's uh, she doesn't want to do one just for... Uh, health risks has she been out the dz at all yeah she has okay i just times. been bad timing for me i haven't met her yeah she seems oh. like she's, she's pretty healthy for for a grandma oh yeah certainly but she's she's got brittle bones so uh 
We'll send her with Hank. Keep, yeah. That's keep what, Hank underneath her. Hank. Uh, no matter how bad the landing is, he's a big pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so soft and cuddly. Yeah. So you made your yeah. first jump three years ago in Aruba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you decided to start skydiving. What, when's your next jump? The, uh, in the middle of February. The, in the middle of when? February. Okay. Um, middle of February. Of, and of what year? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I heard something different. In the middle of February, and you made that first jump in San Marcos. Yeah. But hold on. Can we be more clear that it's February of this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> need, no, 2019. I'm sure that everyone understands so, that. So, uh, like 10 months ago. February what? February 17th. 17th. So, uh, 11 months ago, just mm-hmm. under 11 months ago. And at that point, did you make another jump and continue <laughs> jumping right away, or did you wait another month or two? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I came down to Texas with the. Uh, goal of doing the a license in a week okay so i um where'd you come from indiana we've had indiana conversations haven't we what yeah. part of indiana the north part near uh, south bend near south bend Co- my sister goshen. uh I, we talked yeah there was a drop zone in goshen we've talked about this i remember this conversation now mm-hmm. um not there anymore it's been god a few years did you know ward from mirage no, I don't think you knew Ward. No. Uh, he worked for iFly yeah, okay, in marketing. Then, then yes, that, that was going to be the next question. The same Ward that worked for iFly. Yeah, man. It was on the Man, Manser, man Show, Mansers. I'll was show he? you I'll show you a oh. video clip that you maybe not know. Maybe I, I'm about. great friends with Ward. Don't, don't, don't look it up. This. I think I know the one you're talking about. I will look at this later. <laughs> Ward, I love you, buddy. Um, he managed Goshen. So you come down here with a plan to do your A in a week. Mm-hmm. And more, or just I'm going to do this and figure it out from there. Just the a in a week, like uh, my aunt and uncle had said, "Hey, you should uh, come stay with us okay. for a little bit." Um, I looked up a drop zone or a place to get your skydiving license, and I found Skydive Space in San Marcos. Uh, so I called them ahead of time to ask how I could do that. They just said, uh, since my tandem was like not current i'll have to do two tandems and then be able to start it right away so uh when i showed up it was like a rainy day um and i told them i was interested in the a license uh package so they um brought out an instructor to do the first jump course uh, on that day uh and then do you remember who taught that yeah lauren gallick okay yeah, she was my instructor. Yeah, the whole time. She's an exciting uh, young oh, yeah. lady. She's so exciting, man. She, yeah, very true. Do you know who we're talking about? I've met her, but I don't, I don't know her well at all. Yeah, very bubbly. Mm-hmm. So she taught you a class that day. Yep. She uh, and then that was on a Thursday, and then the next Sunday was like a, the first gorgeous day of the year, probably. Or I mean, on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of people there was able to do my first two tandems with her and then first two dive flows with her. Nice. So she's your mama. Yeah. She, I, I, she, I know she commented in the post that we put up about you. She was super excited to see uh-huh. you on the show. And uh, that, I had no clue you guys had such a connection. Mm-hmm. I miss her. She's in Florida now. She went to Z Hills, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, super great girl. It, it, I hate seeing what I see with her, and I, and I respect her for it. I have no problem with her. But you meet these really great people who grew up here in the area, who, who are local to the area. They start skydiving here, and this is the only drop zone they've known, and they're wonderful to have around. But if it's the only drop zone I've known, I want to go see other DZs. So I can't blame her one <coughs> bit, but it, it just, 
Nick Reyes is another guy that that I absolutely enjoy and love having having around. And he learned here, and he was like, "Well, I've only known here. I want to go try someplace else." And KDP's back in town. You see that shit? Is she back in town? I knew that she was planning on it. She is. She put on third coast skydiving. Hey, hey, bitches, I'm back in town or something yeah, like that. she's working at Woodlands Tunnel, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She, she told me that she had applied to the uh, Memorial Tunnel. Oh, they said you're too much fun for us. And <laughs> yeah. you put all the cool personalities <laughs> up there. So they got to try and get business somehow. hey <laughs> So you, how long did you take? So you, you've made your first couple jumps Sunday. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you from there to get your license completed? Um, it was about a month because uh, of weather days, I mean, especially for students. And then I went back home for a week. Um, so To Mary Old yeah. Indiana. Yeah. You going back to Indiana anytime soon? Yeah, I am. For when, Christmas. When are you going? Uh, around December 19th. Okay. Around there. I hope you're on the same be. plane as me, man. <laughs> Oh, you going there? The same about the same time frame. We're going oh, to yeah. visit my family, and uh, I think I told you they live near Bloomington. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you know where uh, Ellettsville is, but mm. Bloomington area. Well, I'll be driving back. So. Oh no, yeah. I'm flying. No, <laughs> I'm lazy. Oh, but you. I guess you have to take a car back. Yeah. You are you coming back at all? Or are you just driving and? Um, that'll be it for the year. Mm. But I plan on coming back. When? How soon? For it probably won't be until next summer. Okay. Yeah. It's all these drilling questions suddenly. I, so th- well, we didn't really talk about well, you started in February. Yeah. You got your license. Yeah. And then how many jumps have you made? Or how many jumps do you have now? I have about just over 1,200. Jesus Christ. I just choked on coffee. Wow. Or tea. <laughs> Justin, how many jumps do you have? Uh, 750 ish. How, <laughs> how long have you been skydiving? Uh, four and a half years. Yeah, that's almost five years, actually. That sounds closer to reasonable. <laughs> how long did it take you to hit a uh, thousand jumps, DJ? Uh, four or five years. Yeah, I, I think I was th- three and a half years yeah. to do a thousand jumps. I think it was oh one, oh two ish, somewhere around there that I hit my thousand jumps. And I started in 97, so, yeah, about four or five years. So, a little bit slower than you. There's uh, one other guy who had learned to jump here named Dave Stevens, who, uh, did you know Pegleg? Nope. Older fella, I say older, I'm not, I'm not trying to give him a hard time or grief. He's in his 50s easily. Uh, Pegleg is what we call him because he was missing an, a leg. He had an amputation and had to jump with a, a single leg for some point. And he made over 1,000 jumps his first year. And we didn't have a jump package. He worked five days a week. He would have jumped just weekends, and he would come out to the drop zone on a Thursday and grab his rig. And if he was grabbing his rig, whoever saw him would ask him, where's the weather good this weekend, Dave? Uh, uh, Eloy. I'm going to Elo, Eloy. Uh, Z Hills. I'm go- wow. Wherever the weather was good, he would fly to. He's also got a really cushy, nice job. So, dude, crushed it. <laughs> but 1200 in a year. He didn't quite get that many. <laughs> You finish your A license in about a month. Mm-hmm. At this point, you know the A, the hundred jump pa- or the unlimited package exists. Um, I I heard about it uh-huh. like online, <coughs> but uh, like was thinking like, oh wow, that that'd be really cool to be able to do that. How, how did you hear about what? What did you see? Just um, it was either like a a YouTube video when I was searching for like. Um, a license in a week about uh, just some of the people on the jump package, mm-hmm. some of the videos that you've made, um, and then looked it up. And I had seen that it was available at one point. It was like $9,800. Could 
because like when you're looking at the prices, there's like twenty five dollars, like maybe twenty five hundred dollars, and then a ninety eight hundred dollar yeah, thing, and I'm like, stands out. Well, what is that? <laughs> um, so yeah, you you saw it, you knew of it, you knew it was coming out, mm-hmm. but then at some point you decided, heck, I'm going to do this. Yeah, um, I said, heck, in case your grandma's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Hi, Grandma. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. What's your so, grandma's name? What, what should we call your grandma? Uh, so her name is Carla. Mm-hmm. I call her Oma. Oma. Of, like a German. German Say so yeah, you have German yeah. ancestry. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that explains the complexion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, is that what your friends would, would call her? Would you just like, call him a Nazi? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, this is what Hitler had in mind. That's all I'm saying. Grandma safe to not real quick. Well, (laughs) I didn't say anything about Hitler. I said he looked great. I said he has a great complexion. That's all I said. I didn't say anything about Hitler either. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. So, but but what? (laughs) What would your grandma want your friends to call her? Grandma, Carla, Oma. I'm just gonna start calling. I'm just gonna keep calling her grandma. Yeah, that's what the the boys calling. So at what point did you decide, like, I am going to do this package? During the program, after you were done with your license? It was, uh, like, maybe just after I got my license, Mm -hmm. um, realizing how much there was to do other than have your license to skydive solo. (laughs) So at this point, we're Mm mid-March, because you started, yeah, mid-March, and you just got your license. So you've done, in 10 months, basically 1,200 skydives. Mm-hmm. How long did you sit? Uh, so you started in San Marcos. You got your jump package there. Yeah. At some point, you started jumping here in Houston way more often. When did you transition yeah. from DZs? Um, well, I came to Houston for the canopy course. Um, That's right. I taught you a canopy course, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I had no idea that the jump package was like a, a huge thing. Like people would take off a year or like people would travel from Australia to do this um so when i came to houston for that and uh found out there were so many people here uh and the jumping during the week or you could get so many during the week with uh other people i started coming down here more often Uh and then in the summer when you could jump every day get like 10 jumps a day uh it was just the the place to be Man, it's I, I as you tell me the story, I actually remember meeting you as just graduating as a student. I was in San Marcos and I believe it was in March doing some event with Valerie. It was like the the sport accuracy competition. Exactly, man, it was a sport accuracy competition. It was also the first attempt at the Texas State flag formation jump. Yeah. But it was weathered out. It was weathered out because the next time we had the same transition event, they redid the same jump event. <laughs> So there are people from that Texas flag event who think San Marcos is my home DZ now. Yeah. Like one of them said like, oh, I blah, blah, blah. Uh, this <laughs> is not. We just happened to coincide our events together. So um, so I remember actually meeting you and then very quickly getting in touch with you. Are you getting in, in touch with yeah. me about the canopy course? Um, who You made 1,200 jumps this year on the package, basically. Uh-huh. Do you know who made the most? Uh, P- Pettit? How many, Pettit. How many did he make? Like 1,300. Man, come on, man! You got almost a month left, <laughs> dude. He started January first. You know that, right? Yeah, I think he so. was here at the beginning. That might be January fourth or something. But he was here at the very, very, very beginning of the year. He was one of the first ones to show up, and 
And you still had one skydive. Three months <laughs> later is when you really started jumping and getting the jump package. You almost caught up with that guy. Um, not uh, Josh is always out there. He jumps a lot. Oh, yeah. he, he's serious about getting the most numbers he can out of the package. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely pushed hard because, I, I mean, he, as much as he was out there, you had to be out there more. So you, are you living in Houston now? Uh, yeah, with my grandma. Oh, okay. This is all. It all makes sense. <laughs> so is that that was just kind of a yeah coincidence. It, it really worked out that I had some family in New Braunfels, so I could uh, go to San Marcos, and then my grandma in Houston. So either drop zone I go to, I have a place to stay. It's like family, Man. other than the people at the drop zone. It sounds like you have a super supportive family. Yeah, is for it, sure. Does, has anyone had like negative feelings about you doing this whole skydiving adventure? Um, not really. I mean, um, uh, I would say my mom is a little bit nervous of what it could get into, like the potential base jumping or like don't do just, that. Yeah. So, but not I'm on really. your side, mom. I don't think you should do that. <laughs> Man, uh, so we're, I want to go back to that number for a second. And quantity is a strong word. You you've made a lot of skydives this year. And you remind me a lot of a guy named Blair Smith. Do you know who Blair was? I say that like he's Jacko's dead. buddy. Yeah, Jacko's buddy. He's alive. Yeah, he is alive. <laughs> Blair, I think he was he part of the first year we did the jump package. I think he second? was the first or second year. I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure. Man, I've lost track now. But, but I feel I feel like he was the first person I did a video about regarding the yes, jump package. I think so too. And then another guy you remind me a lot of, and coincidentally another Aussie is a guy named Luke Rogers. And the reason I say that is both of them got the most numbers they could. They pushed as hard as they could for quantity. But the thing that you're familiar or similar to them with is you've also gone for quality through that quantity. That's a hard balance to keep. How have you done it? Well, initially I was uh, focused on quantity, um, just getting as many jumps in as I could. Um, but then when I, when you realize... Uh, like what you can learn in a year of jumping nonstop and like being able to work on something for 10 jumps in a row on on the same day. Um, uh, I, get, I guess like started focusing more on uh, like specific things rather than just going out to jump. Do you remember what made you have that realization? Um, no. I mean like I still love to just do a jump to do a jump Mm -hmm. um but at some point it makes sense of like hey i could i can do a lot of jumps and not necessarily learn all that much so i just wondered if there was like a a moment or a a conversation or a jump or anything that that kind of changed your mind about what it what it might all be about um i guess it was probably when i uh, so i did um like a tunnel camp in utah for that i did like six hours yeah the aussies were upset with you about this uh, speaking of which, I want to give a sh- quick shout out to the Australians. Heyo, Joshua and Jacko. Those are some good. They're eggs. watching right now. What Australians? Uh, I don't know who you're he talking about. He just said them by name. Why are you pretending to not? I, know? I have no clue who you're talking <laughs> about. They're uh, just British Texans. You know the, these guys uh, stumbled upon me at Chipotle before we came here. Yeah. Oh, Joshua and Jacko and, and, and Mr. Hudson here. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were all together. The little, they got quite the little pack together. <laughs> the three of them. The little posse. <laughs> It's like two not really clean-cut white guys in a midget. Yeah, but he, he could be <laughs> mistaken for Australian, right? Oh, 
That's my dream. (laughs) 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 We've actually gone out with the three of you guys, and I think you can get you can pull it off because those two, particularly Joshua, are very chatty, and you can just stay on the background and just sit there and go, (laughs) "Yep, just natural." Yeah, just work (laughs) on that Aussie nod. (laughs) (laughs) Just look at him. Just get that Aussie look. (laughs) Good eye. Have you have you practiced your Australian accent at all? Surely it's rubbing off on you. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I've never been good at accents, but... Uh, what you got? Uh, Come on, you no. got it. <laughs> it's mostly uh, some uh, bad words. Uh, <laughs> Go no. for a swing in the horn. Grandma, we, he does not say those out loud, okay? <laughs> he doesn't even think bad words. <laughs> They're just centered marks in his head. You got to go down the pub and chase some Sheila's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's good. You've been practicing, I can tell. No, I, I'm only good at saying the stuff that they say to me over <laughs> and over. He trained this on a care, on a King Air flight somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't you guys like come back from Dallas or something? Gosh, were there Aussies on that plane? I, I just remember <laughs> you came back from, I think, Dallas, and we're so excited to go up to one of the Aussies oh, to say yeah, that. I, I don't remember what. I, I feel like it was at the San Marcos boogie, actually, that okay. Josh said, hey, go and say this stuff to Jackson. And like my memory is super bad, so I had to really drill it in there and set it over and over. So by the time it actually came out, it sounded all right. Uh, dude, it sounded legit, and you were super. It's, I, now I don't realize it wasn't you weren't excited to say it. You were anxious to finally get it out. <laughs> yeah, like, so okay, that I, I could got stop it. having to remember it. Yeah, instead of listening to the Mario song all day. So how did you get to be good uh, good friends with these Aussies? Um, just doing some jumps with them. Uh, Going for doing, a rip, hey? Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I mean, uh, Jacko was in my in the canopy course. But that was a good time. Did, yeah, I mean, I didn't talk to him much uh, during that time, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember having both of you guys in the same yeah. course, and you both qualify as some of the nicer human beings I've ever met. <laughs> hey, but, hold on, I gotta tell you this before I forget: the dang bars that you like so much, the sprout cells, dang, yeah, they're they're on sale for a dollar each right now. Five for five dollars. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, you talking? Make a note. I, I saw I saw those today and I I bought two and almost pooped a little because I was excited. <laughs> Tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. To pick up so bars. so you and uh, <laughs> dude, I knew I knew we'd be excited. I saw like They're half the wrapper good. when you unwrapped it. I thought it said dong and I was gonna ask like <laughs> the font looks like dong. What you eating there? You, you know I love putting dong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like walking around with those in my pocket, going like, "Hey, you want to see my dong?" As <laughs> so I pull it out and you hold it so people. So see it. grandma, your <laughs> grandson's just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I want to go back to student early jumper visualization because okay. uh, uh, we, we stray a lot on the show. You yeah. listen, you know that. If you hung out with us, you know that. Um, the power of visualiz- visualization. When most new jumpers are told to visualize a skydive, a lot of them feel goofy, dorky, silly. Even to this day, there's people with a hundred or plus, you know, five hundred jumps who thinks visualization just doesn't work. How much has it worked for you? just in the beginning uh, of swimming or diving and then how again how is it translated back into skydiving uh i mean just like putting yourself in the the feeling of doing it before you actually do it has really shown how much it helps like in my diving mm-hmm. so uh it only makes sense that try it for skydiving uh and it's kind of like fun to like if it's a fun jump you get to live it and visualize the shred, right? Yeah. For at least, even if you're not that good at skydiving, visualize yourself being a badass yeah. is fun. Who hasn't acted like they were Superman at some point? I mean, if you visualize it, doing it perfectly, then 
you're more likely to yeah 100% do it agree perfectly so i want to kind of i i want to get your mindset what you do when you visualize first of all are your eyes open or closed uh they're mostly closed mostly closed so now you close your eyes you're going to start visualizing the skydive how do you start your process um start from the exit okay Nothing before that. Like, for example, I actually start with just a little bit of controlled breathing. Just a couple breaths. That's it. Yeah, I think that's natural. naturally what I'll do. I'll okay. start breathing. Do you think that's important to yeah. the visualization process? Yeah. Why? Um, it calms your heart rate. Okay. It uh, just reminds your... I mean, if you're breathing during the visually, visually, visual, visualizing <laughs> it, then uh, you'll hopefully breathe during the actual jump. Um, and really kind of like if you focus on the breathing, then it rids your mind of distractions. Okay. Um, so yeah. So you've taken these breaths and now you start with the exit? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much go from start to, to break off. So earlier you said something about you, you visualize it from the first person perspective. You're not yeah. Gonna, when you're visualizing, are you visualizing look, sound, feel, any of the above, none of the above? Um, a lot of the looks, because like the v- visual on a, on jumps can be hard to understand unless you kind of go through them from the beginning. Uh, but then also like the feeling of like where the wind's gonna be. Okay. So like really thinking about on that layout, the wind hitting the back of your legs as you're driving over the top, feeling it transition yeah. across your face to the back other side of your body. And like the body position. Okay. Of like what you have to do in order to do that. Like if you need to, if you know you're going on a jump where you might, your fall rate might be a little bit fast, then kind of feeling like the, the cupped chest a little bit. Mm-hmm. That helps. Do you ever visualize dealing with mistakes? Do you ever visualize corrections? Um, yeah, because, like, sometimes you go over, like, what you do if the exit blows up. Okay. Um, or let's say if I get too low or if I... In the basket. Um, but I, I tend, or I, I mainly focus on if something goes wrong, if it's, like, a, <laughs> I mean, not, like, a fatal mistake, but just a, like... Easy a, fix. A critical mistake. Because I don't want to think about like, oh, all these things that could go wrong. Okay. So you minimize thinking about the mistakes, but you do think about how to overcome problems, adversity. Yeah. And how many times do you visualize a skydive on the right altitude? Um, like maybe twice or three times. Like I don't want to visualize it too much because then you just get too anxious and or you'll, you'll start to overthink it. Yeah. So it really helps to just do it like... And like quality over quantity. And at what point are there times during the ride altitude that are your normal times to visualize? Um, typically between like after the hop and pops get out and then like right before I start getting ready for the jump, like between six and 10,000. Okay. And then getting ready to open up the door. What about you, Mr. P? How does your visualization process well, differ? Well, God, my memory is so bad that I'm I'm totally guilty <laughs> of what you're talking about of overthinking it. That I feel like I'm, I have to go through it again. I have to go through it again. I have to go through it again because I'm worried about leaving something out. That I that, and I think that I'm totally guilty of like getting myself too amped up by thinking about the jump mm-hmm. too many times. 
where I've heard people who who have a you know a more like Stephen someone who Stephen Boyd someone who's described his process to me of he, he goes through it goes through it and then just kind of clears his mind for a little bit and, and waits for the for the door to open and it's that I'm the opposite way where my my mind ramps up in that same moment which I don't think is desirable I'm not telling anyone that's the thing to do <laughs> but it's I think it's just more my anxiety over God. I'm gonna forget this part. I'm gonna forget this part. Oh shit! I did forget that part, and then I start thinking, Wait, did I forget that? Or did, am I? Did I add that part in? Hey guys, we're supposed to do this at this part, right? <laughs> and so, uh, so then I can confuse myself by thinking the wrong thought or convincing myself that I've thought the wrong thought. Where I really like what you're saying is about quantity, or excuse me, quality of the visualization and doing that only a couple of times, really slowly and thoroughly. And that that would be better than trying to speed through it 20 mm-hmm. more times in my head before we, we get to altitude. What about you? Uh, I really, Hudson, I, I love hearing what you're saying because you're a pretty good athlete diving. You, you've accomplished a lot watching you skydive. You're doing really well for yourself. And I'm like, man, he's a really good skydiver. Also Quadzilla. And Quadzilla. And I visualize like him. It makes me actually feel, feel decent. Um, I visualize uh, a lot of what you said is exactly how I feel. For me, I visualize about three times. Um, the first time is different, I think, from you. I do it during takeoff. And so when I do it is one of a couple times. One of them is when anxiety arises or when there's any tension, I'll typically visualize because that way when I'm in the middle of a skydive and tension rises, I'm more likely to relax. It really depends on the situation on how successful I am, right? Um, but so on takeoff, I have a little anxiety with takeoff. I just, that's when the plane rides the most dangerous is the first 1500 feet. So I just close my eyes. I visualize, go through it. Um, somewhere after the hop and pops get out. And then, uh, if you ever around me in the airplane and you try to shake my hand, you'll know that's when I visualize. Um, because after I do my handshake with my group or with a certain, with somebody, something going on, I'm going to just stop, visualize, clear my mind. And I do it before I shake hands with the rest of everybody else just because, like Steven, I, I, I want to. I'm like you. I'm going to overthink it, Nick. I'm going to take it all the way to the exit and then be, like, super amped up. So I try to visualize before handshakes because how stupid are our handshakes? <laughs> they're, uh, they're phenomenal, they man. Pretty silly. Do, you, do you have a favorite handshake with anyone? Um, I like my one with Joshua. It's kind of like a... That. So, uh, uh, striking snake jazz hands? Is that what we're that's doing? What I, yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, that's what I saw. That's yeah, exactly yeah, that's what I saw. Perfect. This reminds me of dodgeball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Remember that. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So, hang on. You were in the middle of a conversation. Do you want to finish before I totally <laughs> jump to something no, else? No, go for it. Jump. Uh, we we brought up the the tunnel and we didn't really yeah. get to explore that story very much because I uh-huh. started talking about the goddamn Aussies. So, uh, where did you hear about the Utah Tunnel? Where did that idea come into your brain? Um, so Griffin Kenny from San Marcos, he had mentioned that he went there, and then also Josh P- Pettit. Um, he said that he went there at the beginning of the year, and that it helped uh, like get that foundation of free flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after doing a few uh, free or trying to sit fly in like a campfire i realized like this is gonna be really hard to to learn on a 45 second jump um every hour if that um hold on another segue and something i gotta clear up (laughs) when you say campfire what do you mean so it's uh, a speed star so everybody starts on their belly it gets into a round Mm -hmm. and 
somebody keys it so that everybody goes into a sit at the same time. So this is what I thought you were going to say. And in my brain, this is not a campfire. Like when we started talking about campfires a few years ago, to me that meant un linked sit flying yes like how you would all sit around a campfire how you'd all kind of be on your own chairs and you'd be spacing around a little bit to me that's what a campfire is, is hey let's just go sit fly proximal to one another not take any docks and that way we all get a little bit of practice flying our slot without having to worry about picking up grips that's what i thought he meant as well what you that's, described that's what i think it is but i think someone somewhere <laughs> this year started poisoning the brains of everyone <laughs> and calling standing up a belly round a campfire which i don't think that's the right word well that's what so, i thought it was okay I, boomer yeah <laughs> dude that's fine that's fine that i'm older and wiser i'll, I'll be okay with that but um yeah but i thought that that's what you meant because everyone i've heard that word from in the last year has meant just what you meant yeah but i feel like that's a <laughs> misnomer that's that's coming that's i did not know that that was what it was supposed to be you've been using it wrong whippersnapper I mean, get off my lawn no, there, there's a good chance that i'm wrong and i just missed no. a memo about some shit the kids were saying i don't know no you're not wrong they are wrong i just wanted to say okay boomer because I, I learned it recently when, when they got 20 jump package people all saying it and me and you <laughs> saying it's the other way who's right anymore i don't fucking know uh, uh sorry grandma um so uh you go to utah Mm-hmm. What, tell, tell me about the process of, of of going through that. You said you flew six hours? Yeah. So, uh, so they have a deal where you can do six hours in six days, use it or lose it. Um, so they or at Utah, they have like six coaches who are super good at just training skydivers because that's kind of like the place to go. Um, and they'll get you on your head really quick. Uh, they'll they they just have a really good strategy of teaching uh, people how to free fly. Mm-hmm. Who did you uh, fly with most there? Um, I flew a lot with Hamish Argyle, uh, Reese. That was on my fir- on my first trip there. Um, first trip, yeah, because it was so good. <laughs> so you've been a second time yes okay a so, few weeks ago oh sweet so you did another six hours yeah okay sweet so wh- how was your progress for the, those first six hours what did you learn um so i i came in there with maybe like 10 campfire jumps <laughs> okay uh, uh, wait hold 20. on hold on oh god i just had a good question um how, oh how many how many jumps did uh you have total before you showed up uh around 300 so 300 jumps what month was this uh, beginning of June. Okay, and there was a, a bunch of weather days coming up. Is that what I remember? Uh, no, that was the second time. Oh, that was just the other day when the Aussies were pissed. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. <laughs> Okay, June six hours. Uh, some some little bit of basic sit flying in the sky. Yeah, and and then what happens at the tunnel? Um, basically, I learn how to sit fly and head down to the point where I can do it stably on my own. So like take the f- it to the sky. The first day, the first hour, what did you spend doing? Uh, well, they started me just seeing how it was on my back and then um, started like trying to balance like against the wall doing a wall sit or something like that and then slowly not using the wall with their uh, feet on my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like at the end of the day, they put me on my head on the net but just like kind of 
doing a headstand. Okay, so what what was your sit flying like the moment that they're putting you on your head? Like how how far had how how much of it had you, had you learned that day? Um, I was like kind of I could bounce off the net and hold it for a little bit, okay. not really knowing how to like get bigger to or because the wind wasn't that high. Okay, and then like fall to the net, but controllably. Okay. So then they probably just had you work on some some like fast back flying before that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then let's let's fast forward to the uh, to the end of day six. Mm-hmm. Now, now what sort of stuff are you doing in there? Um, I was doing I was stable and sit, but still like struggling to do docks and move around. But it was at least the right position, mm-hmm. and then uh, able to do transitions to head. So. Um, didn't have to like go on the net, mm-hmm. head down. So you could fly static head and sit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that was pretty much it. But a huge improvement from the beginning. So and then I mean, didn't even think I would uh, be able to do anything on my head. Uh huh. Well, how how many days in until any of that started to click? Um, maybe the third day. It was kind of like. I was starting to be able to hold head down mm-hmm. with, or like after getting off the net, and they would let go. Did, did you have any moments of extreme frustration? Uh, not too bad. I mean, after going through diving of like knowing, like there might be times when you can't get something, but they do a really good job of just switching you to another thing that you can work on. Uh, so going back from going from sit to head down and just trading off from those so that you don't really get frustrated and uh, start to be unproductive. Did you get to watch many of them fly in your time there? Yeah. Did you uh, particularly enjoy any one person's style there? Uh, I really like Hamish. Yeah, I don't know. Hamish yeah. is the person I know the least well there. Yeah, he's he's another short guy. So That's, that's what's up. can uh, relate. <laughs> yeah. You can look him um, in the eye. <laughs> Go back to China. It's China Pan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hamish, what's yeah. uh like? Was he more of a freestyle flyer, or what, like what sort of stuff was he doing? Uh, more of a freestyle, but he was just, he just looked super smooth and was just like on top of it. You just like that he was your size, and you saw yourself doing all that stuff, right? Yeah. Did he have quads? Like I, <laughs> huh? Did he have quads? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your max back squat? One rep max. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Everyone knows. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. What was it once upon a time? Uh, I don't know what one rep. But okay, what two I reps? Was, I don't know. I'm not big into weightlifting, so like maybe uh, a couple of plates. Um, couple plates? Know. Like we're talking some tacos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Enough, enough to do something. the job. All right, I like I like the humility. I'll take it. <laughs> so, how did that affect your skydiving when you came back from this tunnel trip? Um, well, it pretty much changed it all because I was able to go on some of these free fly jumps um, and know like what the stable body position felt like. Did you hear that, folks? Um, I fly Utah changed the game. Booking tunnel camps now. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Go Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Dusty Hanks is the lead instructor there. He is a Mormon, and he's a very nice guy. I'm he took me on my very first guy. Totally joke about the Mormon thing because I do agree. Dude, uh, Mormons are such friendly people. <laughs> uh, I fly Moab I, or Utah. I've heard super great things, and I always hear my friends talk about it. 
I actually do want to go there at some point to do some stuff, but I, I'm way too cheap. I'll be there on Sunday. Let's go. Yeah. You want to come? <sighs> you can nah. have uh, dinner with my family. My mom hired a hypnotist for I Monday said. night. Oh, for entertainment or for like? No, she's gonna try and fix me. <laughs> No, just kidding. Yeah, it's entertainment. <laughs> it's like, first of all, you're already fixed. So that's yeah, a whole other conversation. You, you think I'm kidding. He is. Um, she and took me to my vasectomy appointment when I was 18 years old. Connie already <laughs> invited me, but I turned her down. Oh, well, she's a real nice lady. <laughs> she is, man. She just said she's upset about the wine glasses you keep breaking. Well, <laughs> I don't think she said that, but shut up, mom. <laughs> right. The one time is one time his mom watched. He broke a wine glass. Yeah, in my house. the one time my mom had watched the podcast. I had before DJ, DJ had such a nice computer set up here. My computer was uh, right here in the middle, and that's how I interact with Facebook. And I just moved my computer, forgetting about the wine glass that was sat behind it. And then you just hear the fucking glass shatter on the ground <laughs> while my mom's watching. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Fairly entertaining. So you come back, you have the sensation of uh, or the understanding of, of stability. I can be stable on my head. I can be stable in a sit, which means I can at least safely participate on these skydives. Um, how many more skydives do you make before you can now start taking docks? Um, well, head down was a lot easier to like get better at. Um, so maybe like 20 jumps before I was able to know or kind of be a lot more comfortable head down. So a day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most jumps you've made in a day? Ramundo actually told me to ask you this. Oh, he goes, uh, Ramundo. 13. 13? Yeah. That's all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty healthy day. How many times have you done over 10 jumps in a day? Ooh. A, a bunch. good amount. Yeah. A bunch, right. So it took you maybe 20 more jumps to be able to get docks on your head. Yeah. Um, how many more before you think you can take docks in a set? Well, I, st- I still struggle with that. Um, so, <laughs> but to be more comfortable with it, uh, like a hundred. Can we both agree that zip flying is fucking bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, if you're good at it. Uh, yeah. And I'm not. So it is. <laughs> it is for sure. Uh, the most difficult access for the majority of people out there. Yeah. Most people have the hardest time with head up flying versus any other access. For me, it is actually the, uh, the one I struggled on the most was always head down, head up. I didn't have a huge problem with, um, but you know, it's been 10 years since I've done a regular free fall jump. Um, Free fly jump. More than 10 years now. Holy shit, I'm getting old. That's not um, true. I went on one with you. Regular. Oh. Regular, right? That Once a year does not count as regular, Nick. <laughs> so. <laughs> so often I poop. I'm pretty regular. Just kidding. Oh, so so um, a lot of people who learn in the tunnel have a hard time translating that to the sky, the exit in particular. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that worked for you to do that? Um, It was just relaxing and letting... Or feeling the wind rather than trying to fight it. Uh, understanding that you're not going to f- be like head down towards the earth right away. So uh, just having that sensation of like you're going over the hill and now you can be like head down. So now you're thinking about the feel instead of the visual. Yeah. Until the, until and also the using the other person to like if they're facing that way, then that's what we're you, you doing. Docked exits. Were you doing unlinked exits? Yeah. Uh, did a lot of jump or like two ways with uh, Josh Pettit um, of just going out two way flower and then feeling that that really helped mm-hmm. and then what was the next step after that uh, just building from there 
with bigger flowers and then unlinked exits that really helped a lot of feeling the wind and knowing what it's going to feel like in order to get head down do you know were you doing more rear float or front float exits more front float okay and what 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 about that do you think made it easier for you uh it's just kind of like just drop from the plane and i mean like it's a really fun feeling of just floating down the hill um and just staying relaxed <laughs> it, it's you've now used all this tunnel experience you've recently gone back and done six more hours yeah but did you do any tunnel time in between the two no so here locally none really yeah maybe I mean, 10 minutes or something yeah gosh how much better is that extra two feet in round glass <laughs> luckily i haven't had much experience doing like free flying and a bigger tunnel so i don't really have that to compare it to so what what did you do in the, in the tunnel here uh, i did a little bit of four-way belly practice okay okay on did, our uh, team. Did, how did you get to do any group stuff uh in the utah tunnel um the second time yeah yeah like two just two-way stuff or are you doing three and four-way stuff we did a little bit of four-way vfs cool with awesome. dusty sweet so what uh, what was that like uh it's difficult i mean you have a very small space to do like a transition um but i think it it's really helpful to do it in that small space because i mean you're going to use the space that you have so if you have a bigger space then you might be a little bit more sloppy yeah it gives you more room to to yeah. not be precise on your transition Tyler, yeah. sex tape. a little more sloppy <coughs> so you yeah, uh, a little more space a little more sloppy <laughs> you uh you say we who else went to you with you on this last trip oh it was with uh instructors okay other instructors here because they have like all these instructors, they... So you're doing BFS with a bunch of badasses. Yeah, it was awesome. You poor guy. Do you remember any of the formations that you guys flew? I mean, it was some numbers. Yeah, but do, <laughs> do you remember what those <laughs> numbers what those numbers were, what the letters were, what they mean? Do you remember any of that? They were uh, pretty basic. I mean, like... <laughs> like, if I said A, do you remember what A looks like? No. The Fonz no A. A. <laughs> So I'm the same. I did a VFS camp with Nick and his crew, and it, you asked me his questions. I'm like, I don't know, but at one point I was holding Jay's hand and spun with him and grabbed your hand again. <laughs> that I do. Yeah, know. that was uh, we were doing an upright accordion with you, right? Or maybe yeah. we had you in the middle of a mixed accordion, which would be a five if my memory's still right. And I'm pretty sure it was mixed, and I was in the middle. Yeah, I was one, two, three, four, facing that way. Yeah, with the when we were doing the we were, we would do points from the VFS dive pool. But if someone couldn't fly um, head down, we would modify yeah. a lot of the points to be either all head up or just have them fly the head up slot and in a, in a mixed formation. But it's nice flying with other people who are, even when you're not flying on your head, to fly with people on their head and kind of get an idea for what levels should be and kind of how everything everything should look. Do you uh, Did you have like a favorite a part of EFS, like something that just clicked, something that went well? Um, I'd say the 360s. Okay. Because all you have to do is like move your hand, and it's really cool. I don't think that that's true, but I'm glad you can do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it. All you gotta do is move your hand, and you whipped out a pretty cool 360. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound so easy, man. And how how long ago was the second trip? Um, it was in the middle of November. And uh, who did you tell that you were going? Oh, I just not the Aussies. I found out. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> coming up on a bad weather week. And I had, like, planned it a month before, um, just kind of guessing when 
when it would be kind of slower. Um, so when it was coming up, it was like in the middle of the bad weather. So I wasn't going to really be around the drop zone. And like Raimundo had asked, oh, where are you going to, or are you going to be here next week? And it's like, no. So he was the only one who knew, but they think and he that didn't I, rat you out. That's a good friend. <laughs> Uh yeah, they they think that I was just sneaking off there, but I mean I would have told them, the Aussies. They just didn't ask. Yeah, you got to ask questions, fellas. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. You've gone through this year. You you've made a bunch of jumps, and at some point you actually put together a video for the film festival. Have yeah. you ever edited a video before? I did a little bit of vet editing, um, like using iMovie. Some for fun videos. So I have a really hard time understanding what you mean by that, because earlier you were asked about Quadzilla, and you're like, I've worked out before, and we get into this real big diving <laughs> career of yours, like you worked for Barnum and Bailey Circus or whatever as the <laughs> ringleader. Um, so what's a little bit of editing? Um, so I I learned how to use iMovie in middle school, um, doing like this TV thing for our. Like for news and I learned to use an abacus in middle school. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I hate you. Uh, abacus. You'd see it now. Like, um, when did you upgrade to the slide rule in a in a doctor's <laughs> office? Like a thing a little kid plays with. They slide the beads along the rails. Uh, it's an okay. abacus. Huh. Well, yeah. So I, <laughs> I learned that. That's how DJ learned how to count. <laughs> I really did learn how to use. Yeah. <laughs> well, your Asian is weird. <laughs> so iMovie for the, the, the news production inside middle school. Yeah. So two years ago. Pretty nice middle school here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing an HD production for YouTube. So that was in iMovie also? Yeah. Okay. So then you, you're using iMovie to make some edits? Yeah. Okay. So I made like some short edits for like a my graduation like open house. Now, how? Like, what kind of videos were these? Were they just interviews? Were they news stories? Were they in middle school or later? Later, the ones that you just mentioned. They were just uh, like highlight reels, okay? Of, like pictures or video, or like I made a montage of like my diving. Okay, so music's now involved. So you have edited to music before, yeah? Okay, and what about like an action video? I would consider your skydiving video an action video. Have you did, have you edited any action videos before? Uh, not really. And what gave you the idea to, to do one for the film festival? Um, well, I had all this video footage. Um, and I had a little idea um, of what I wanted to do. So I was like, hey, I'll just throw this together. Yeah. How long did it take you to edit that? Um, well, I went back through like all my videos uh-huh. and found the footage that I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. That took a little while. Um, but was able to put that all like in a folder and then once I got all those clips that I wanted to use it didn't take too long uh, maybe like over the course of a week I was able to put it together what was the hardest part of putting this video together uh I know definitely finding the videos okay um because I, I wanted to use all the videos of a close shot of people smiling um so just going through all my videos and seeing or kind of getting a variety of of uh, people and finding the best ones. So one of the, the most, Justin, I think Nick knows the answer. Mm-hmm. Justin, what do you think the most common answer is to what the hardest part to editing their video is? Oh, the music? 
finding the music. Yeah. Good job, Justin. <laughs> yeah, finding music. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons your video won is your grandma's cookies. <laughs> Everybody voted for grandma's cookies. Carla, your cookies are wonderful. They're phenomenal. Justin, have you finished them yet over there? It was I had one earlier. You had one. Yeah, I haven't uh, had another yet. Um, They're please staring at me. Eat, eat. I put them there for you. I know you did, <laughs> you evil <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I love you. Uh, but I also, and then another reason is you did put all your friends in there. You want to win a film festival voted on by the people? Put all of their faces in the video. Yeah. But I think another reason, dude, is every time I hear the song you chose, it's stuck in. Like you and I were talking, you had just won, and I was taking your information, <laughs> and somebody came into the packing room that night playing the song. I don't know if you know yeah. if you remember that on their phone. It was actually Scott Lazarus. He was hooked on it, man. How so did you, catchy. How did you find that song? How did you find the music? Um, well, I had kind of been looking for songs for like the couple months leading up to it, knowing that like that would be a difficult thing. So if I just start keeping my ears peeled for songs that I liked. Um, but it wasn't until like I watched this trailer for a movie that it had it, the song in. And it was like bits and pieces, so it was kind of it wasn't clear what song it was. Um, so it took a little while to find what song it was, and I finally was able to find it. And it was just the perfect one. Yeah, Nick, how do you find all the music? Is the hardest part. I, it's got to be. How do you find them? Now it's either through a Pandora station or through uh, I watch I listen to a lot of music on on YouTube, and. You know, I'll, I'll intentionally find a few songs on YouTube and then I just have the autoplay turned on so it'll roll into something else. And it's not uncommon that that's something else, that, that that random thing that pops in on a Pandora station might be something that, you know, the first time, I, I ne- almost never fall in love with a song the first time I hear it. But then it's later on in the day, in the day where I, oh, that's kind of stuck in my head. What was that song again? And then I go and look it up and yeah, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. And then, you know, a couple more days and then I'm, you know, exercising or doing whatever that I need some music in my ears and oh yeah that that song was good let me listen to that again and then when it gets really stuck in my head and I notice that I'm just walking around singing it or or you know whatever then it's like oh that's one that's that's going to be one of them and then it just kind of hits me that way then you go I can hate this song I'll yeah, take yeah. it let me let me learn how to not like this song anymore do you get that convert that comment let me learn to hate this song or not like it anymore <laughs> yeah what uh, how, go ahead i've Started it not like that song. <laughs> yeah. After listening to it so many times. By the time you watch it at the film festival, are you kind of over the song? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. When you, uh, for me, it's a lot of fun because Nick and I do pre-screen the videos and we watch them ahead of time and throw out the order. And one of the things I enjoy doing is a watching the videos again, just because I, I you can't watch these videos once and catch it all. It's mm-hmm. they're so cool. Um, as a matter of fact, I shared um. I think it was Jackson's video today on Gravity Lab Radio's Facebook page. And it's cool because I go back and I watch. I watch Logan's video today, Raimundo's video today, and uh, Jackson's. And they're fun to relive. But watching the audience's reactions to your videos. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the audience as they watched your video? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. Well, did, was there any scene or anything in particular that you like, I want to make sure I see how somebody reacts to? Was it? Did you have that moment? Uh, I really liked that... Um the, the clip of Luke hitting his rig on the top of the door. Um, it was. Uh, I was wondering who that was. Points. Justin was just playing it behind you on the not yeah. on the screen of the people who were watching. Luke Lonsdale. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but that that's a great shot. Good job <laughs> catching that one. Yeah, 
but also when I it, when I see the people who are in the video, like seeing their face when they see themselves, it's cool. And I don't care how many times you've been on a video. I don't care what video you've been on. You just it's cool to see yourself on video. Yeah, I know. The other day, I walked into the video room to ask a Nick a, a, a Nicka at to ask oh. Nick. <laughs> That wasn't an, a, a, a racial slur I just heard, was it? Wow. After I said it the second time, I'm like, wow, this is going nowhere good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to ask Nick a question. Mm. Jesus criminy. I went to ask Nick a question about uh, Gravity Lab, Spanish version, and I noticed when I walked in that my face was on his editing screen. And I was like, oh, oh. And I wanted to ask you a thousand questions at that moment. Like, what are you editing? I also noticed that I think you were focused on what you were doing, so I walked back out real quickly. Otherwise, I'd bug you. You love seeing yourself on video. What were you working on? Doing some... Uh, uh, sharpening up a couple of things for the Mard video for Velocity Sports. Ah, you talked to anybody lately? Uh, I talked to Blake. Sent him a copy of the new version and just a couple couple short messages back and forth. Cool, man. I... Uh, I, pl- I yeah. Anyways. Oh, Kel- Kelly called me the other day, too. About... About, uh, I, I don't think I'm supposed to say. Okay. But just about other video stuff. <laughs> Sweet. Um, anyway, video, yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you questions later. I'm, I'll go down rabbit hole. Um, you, you've made one video this year. Now, I just, I, I've got to go over this list. I just, it, it blows my mind what we, we're very blessed. We're very lucky with Nick and I to have friends who support us. What all did you win for this film festival? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Let's start from the top of your head. The GoPro. A um, GoPro 8. How's that working out, by the way? It's fantastic. Yeah. Just started using it. Um, works like a charm. Oh, you walked by me the other day and pointed at your channel like, yo, yo, yo. Dude, it was so, it's so cool to see that we actually allow somebody on the drop zone to be one of the first people. The first person with the newest technology on the drop zone is going to be Greg Flint. The <laughs> second person is going to be the guy who ran, who, who ran, who won the film festival. Man, I'm having problems with words. Who won the film festival? Uh, so you got a GoPro Eight. Uh, mm-hmm. GoPro has had a history of like kind of uh, shaky launches on some of their new products. How's that Eight working out? It works just fine. No issues. No uh, bugs. No, not like the Seven where it would uh, freeze. And it's is the great. is the uh, what's that image stabilization better on the seven, the eighth, and the seven? Not noticeably, but I think it technically is. It there are some settings I've seen Greg play with his. There are some settings where it'll really, really grab the horizon to a point that in skydiving I feel like it can be almost detrimental. Like think about how a tandem video is shot, where you're kind of parked in one spot a lot more than you are in, let's say, a, a two-way jump with a friend. And it might get so focused on the horizon that as you start to, to move uh, or maybe change the angle of your head, that it has the horizon so locked in that it might let you move your head, you know, 20 degrees before it actually catches up and, and bumps the horizon over. So it's I think there are higher levels of stabilization, but they might not be super practical for skydiving. Can you turn them down? Turn yeah, them you on? can turn it up and down and off. And yeah, that, that all those there, there's a lot more control over the functions in the eight. It's a lot more tailored to uh, letting people have access to the controls. Of it. If someone's going to edit a finished product and they want to control the color or the whatever about it, how what what settings do you shoot in? Do you shoot in two point seven K, ten eighty? What do you do? Two point seven uh, wide, sixty. Did you? Um, a lot of the shots in your video were super good, like facial shots of people. Uh-huh. Like almost everyone in there is smiling, right? Yeah. So did you did you crop in on any of those shots when mm. when you were doing your edit? 
No. Um, it was all the original clip. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. My GoPro is like a chin mount, so mm-hmm. it kind of has like a unique perspective of just being right in the face. That's right, Sebastian Torres, because you wear a tinted visor. You're not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for all the people who had tinted visors. Sebastian Torres actually mentioned that's the reason I didn't make the video. My dumb tin advisor can't see me smiling. <laughs> that's right, your dumb tin advisor, man. I want to make eye contact with you. I want to yeah. see what you're doing, man. I want to see what you're thinking so we can fly better together. You don't need a tin advisor. Man, even this white kid is this, you're gonna explode if you get too much sun. You don't need a tin advisor. Um sorry, little tin advisor tirade. Uh so the GoPro um first of all, it just blows my mind hearing you talk about how we can turn things up down. You're shooting in 2.7. Look behind you on top of the beer fridge. The camera to the left, that's my first camera helmet. That is my second camera, which is actually smaller by a good bit than my first camera. Fuck you and your GoPro. (laughs) But was that thing shooting in 480? Um, I don't think it's that good. (laughs) Um, That actually is a three... Uh, no, that's not a three chip. That's just a really large chip camera. You know what three chip is, right? I don't think so. Man, you're really old. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Uh, cameras. Uh, so our cameras back in the day, we recorded color. You had one chip to record everything, and uh, the three chip cameras recorded RGB. Mm. Each color was recorded in a different chip, and then or, or processed by a different chip, and then processed together by the central processor. So they had really super awesome, great graphics. I've actually looked at some three-chip video recently, and just because I was bored and wanted to compare it to, like, the GoPro 8. It's so crazy how bad it was. <laughs> Dude, like... Or, it, I mean, it maybe it's just equally crazy how good the, the shots now are out of these tiny, stupid cameras. I think the first statement's true. The second statement's more true. So you got a GoPro 8. What else did you get? The altimeters, so the Aries 2 and the ProTrack. How are you liking those? They're great. Yeah? Yeah. The Aries 2 really functionally isn't much different than the Viso 2. Mm-hmm. That bigger screen isn't tons bigger, and so many people tell me, like, oh, yeah, it's not that. It's just bigger. It's not a big deal. Good luck breaking that thing. How much better is the bigger screen for you? Does it matter at all? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I'm very curious because I hear a lot of people, uh, Nick, Valerie, myself, we all find a, like a quick glance is so much easier. So it's much easier to process, much quicker to get through uh, for some people. Maybe you have young and fast eyes. Who uh, looks at their altimeter, really? For real? I keep my eyes closed the whole time. So um, <laughs> I'm not really Asian. I just look this way. Um, and then you got the uh, ProTrack 2. Mm-hmm. What were you using for an Audible before that? Um, I had a Sono LT, which is like a Audible that you uh, Bluetooth with your phone. Yep. Uh, and then... A solo. Okay. Too. When but the Sono Alti, it's not a free fall computer, is it? In other words, it records all the exit, free fall, et cetera. Uh it has some data that it collects, okay. but I never ha- really messed with that. Have you been using that data at all in the ProTrack too? Uh no. No. Man, it is so nice. See, I'm I'm like Hudson here where I'm pretty simple. Like <laughs> I know that my altimeter does a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I don't use almost any of that except for hey, like it's it's my alarm clock, yeah. more or less. Like, hey, I don't care how fast yeah. I went. Hey, I don't care how long it took me to get there. It told me when to leave, and that's all I needed. I guess my problem, I, I say problem, my my useful tool to it is, is I log all my jumps individually still. Mm-hmm. I will watch, write how much free fall time I made on each jump when I exited, how I pulled. All of that stuff is actually logged um, in a logbook. So I, that's, I guess, why I use it a lot. 
Um, and or when we're training for AFF courses. I See, that's all practical. Speed. Like you have a good use for that information. Yeah. For the most part, it just tells me when the fun's over. Yeah. And that <laughs> it really is the most useful function of any of those devices is beep, beep, beep. Do you use three alarms or four alarms in free fall? Um, three. So you have a break off, a pull time, and a no shit? Yeah. Did you know the Protract does four? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, man, I, I have one set randomly at 8,000 feet. Mm. I just know I have the last half of the skydive. I don't know what it is I like about that, but I like it. I will tell you the first probably month I set the f- the fourth beep, it freaked me out every time. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first jump with an audible? Not really. What about you, Hudson? That was only six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's nice. Did you expect to hear the sound? Uh, no. Did it? Did it startle you? Like what? A hap- little bit. What happened? Like, Tell me about the jump. Are you with other people? What's happening? Um, Do you remember? Barely. Like it was probably just a belly jump. Uh, just where a belly like jump. Where just developing the fundamentals of skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> where I was still looking at the altimeter mm-hmm. every like little bit, and uh, every five to seven seconds is what you mean to say. Yes. <laughs> or before and after every maneuver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is is. Pretty nice to have that reassurance of like, oh, that is the time to break off because it tells me. Do you jump with uh, two audibles still? Yeah. Okay. And okay. I actually just got a visual audible. Oh, I noticed that in your helmet. Yeah. How do you like that? I love it. It took a little while to get used to, but now it, I really like it. Cause Talk uh, about the light that goes to your... Okay. Mm-hmm. And which which altimeter does that plug into? Um. Well, it's made by the same person that made the sonar alti. Uh-huh. So it's called color alti. And um, it it's only a visual audible, so I have one audible, one visual. Um, but I know there are some. There's one that you can hook up to a Quattro or something. Yeah, I think Quattro and Op- Optima I think has a port for it, doesn't it? See, yeah. the Optima does. Uh, so, but how does how does the light like how? Do, what do you see that's telling you to do what? Um, well, you can have any color on the rainbow, but pretty much. Come can on! You, can you make it be rainbows when you yeah you're you supposed to break off? <laughs> you can have it start with like blue when you exit, and then go to red when it's time to break off, like okay. a continuous light. But um, you can. How, how do you use it? How do you have it set up? I have it so on the plane right up. It will tell me when to take off my seatbelt with like a green light, and then tells me uh, at nine thousand feet if I haven't already taken off my earplugs and like kind of gotten ready, done my gear check. And then at 13,000 feet, kind of like has a blue light to get me ready mm-hmm. for the jump. And then uh, free fall, there's uh, one at 7,000 and then one at 5,000 for break off or at around where I'll usually break off. And then uh, some canopy lights. Do you change the settings depending on what sort of jump you're doing or do you have the altitude set the uh, same for every jump? It's the same for every jump for my... Uh, my the color or the visual one, just because okay. it's kind of a pain to take out your phone and connect it to Bluetooth mm-hmm. and change that for a specific jump. Um, but with the with the ProTrack, I'm able to change like the exact altitude. Like, like let's say we're, we're moving on our feet and we're gonna break at five five instead of five. Yeah, you'll you'll change that on the ProTrack. Yeah. Do you, it, but do you do you have anything audibly that goes off before that break off alarm? Uh, no. 
because that's too distracting. Yeah, we've had this discussion. That's why I'm asking, because yeah. you're on my team, and I'm trying to dig <laughs> deeper into your reasoning, <laughs> is that DJ... It uh, doesn't bother me at all. It's not distracting. No, and I get it. Like yeah. to, to me, it's yeah. just it, just like there's there's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? Just whatever makes more sense sure, yeah. to, to your brain. Yeah. And if but you're used just to like it. you yeah. know, let's say just like wiping in the bathroom a certain direction. The more people that do it your <laughs> way, the better you feel about it, right? Sure. Everybody can be wrong with you. You wipe your butt <laughs> wrong. That's just all there is to it. You don't know how to wipe. I don't know. I'm getting pretty good at it. Had a lot of practice. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're full of shit. I don't know. That's why you the truth. But that bidet I have takes good care of that. <laughs> I still need to try out a bidet, dude. It's so great. Oh yeah. Are we gonna? You won't go back. I. You've never tried it. I've never tried a bidet. I have nothing against trying a bidet. I've never been around one. I've never seen one, dude. I know they exist. They're that great. is all. They're great. That's all you need to know. So you, you have you ever get get the chance? I'm coming to your house later on tonight to take a shit. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow you home. So you've got a couple altimeters. You've got a a, a a GoPro. New helmet. G4. Did you get that yet? Not yet. You play, you play, you get a hold of Marty? Yeah. What color did you get? Just black. Just black. Just yeah. black. Don't you have a just gray one right now? Yeah, but okay. it has some stickers on it. Some stickers. Um, you like the chin mount. Uh, yeah. Have you looked at the chin mounts for the G4? Um, no, I haven't. I don't think I'll put a chin mount on it. Okay. If anything, I'll just put a sticky... A sticky thingy? Yeah. Uh, the roller mount is... So Cookie will not produce a mount for the G4 for uh, mm-hmm. camera mounts because it's certified in France for whatever certification for skydiving they needed it for. And if they develop a camera mount Retreating. for it... What's that? Retreating. Retreating. For retreating, <laughs> um, then they lose their certification in France. So it's, it's something really silly. But you can actually take the roller mount from a G3 and depending on the size of the G4, put it straight on or possibly sand it just lightly to make it match. I sanded it lightly with valves and actually, actually didn't even sand it. I took a knife and scraped off some plastic with a knife and it made it work real well. Dude, my G4 is just too pretty. I can't put a camera on it. Dude, I, I haven't put anything on mine. I don't jump camera enough. And I've decided if I need a jump camera, I'll jump my old G2 because, dude, it's still carbon fiber. Dude, I finally got rid of my G2. I had a G2, two G3s, and a G4. And I was like, eh, that's too, much, too many helmets. Too Man, many. I want to buy a gas, which Why'd is the original. Why'd you get rid of the two, though? Pardon? Why'd you get rid of the two? Because uh, it was the oldest one. Was it in old condition, like old ratty condition? I mean, I had painted it somewhat recently. It's got a brand new visor on it. It's good looking. Okay. So it wasn't completely G2 classic looking. It wasn't carbon fiber anymore. No, I, I painted it. Yeah, it ruins half the fun of it. Um, I mean, I, I just like every person I know that has a G2 has never gotten rid of it. Man, they're comfortable helmets, dude. And until I had the G4, it was my most comfortable <laughs> helmet. The original G1, there was no G1. It was called the Gas. <laughs> and the Gas is Cookie's first full-face helmet. No opening visor, no nothing. It is a fixed full-face helmet. And they came out with a G2, and it was, it changed the game. Them and, and uh, what was the other one that that uh, square one made? <laughs> Kiss, they were both huge game changers when it came to the full face market. But man, that G4 is so comfy. I actually saw you talking to Aaron the other day. What else did you get? Yeah, I got some swoop shorts from uh, Attende Wee. Wee, man. Aaron Attende got Wee. hook up some swoop shorts with Aaron. Yeah. So you guys got measured up for that? Yeah. What options? Um, like, what do you mean? Did, did, did you get any options with it? Did you ask her for anything extra? No. Just standard? Yeah. Standard. Dude, have you seen the jumpsuit she makes? Yeah. Dude, that girl's yeah. so. She uh, have you ever noticed some of the clothes she wears is made by her? Yeah, those like jeans sort of things. She's got jeans. Like sw- I think they're they're those are like sweep sweep 
No, no, no. And she straight up wears jeans that look like she probably bought them from a really expensive store that she made. Yeah. She's got like a jacket that I would buy from North Face for 120 bucks that she made. I'm like, what the? Wow. The girl can sew, man. She can F and sew. Um, swoop shorts, G3, no, G4, helmet or a, a GoPro and a bunch of altimeters, a few other things. Yeah. The jersey. Jersey. Have you talked to the Topson Studios about Not that jersey yet? yet? I need to get on that. Just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. yeah, just put, so. uh, put Jacko on one side of the chest. And uh, Josh. Josh on the other, and <laughs> maybe Australia's right there in the middle on your little tummy. <laughs> Grandma's on the back. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Oh, man. Uh, are you going to edit another video next year? Uh, I don't know if I'll have a whole lot of footage. I mean, all that footage that I had this year uh-huh. made it kind of easy to come up with something. But uh, Sure. I don't know. It really brings us to an easy question. Before I go to the easy question, Jackson Brockwell says, do you ever stop eating Nicholas Law? Not during Never the show. Do. Can't do it. He, uh, during the day at work, find a meeting. I dare you. You probably won't. Um, but really, uh, Kevin Craig hit, hit the nail on the head. What are your plans for next year? Which makes me sad. Next year, I'm going to finish or go back to school. That's the plan. Now, it makes me happy you're going back to school and doing something with your life, but it makes yeah. me sad because you won't be here a lot. Yeah. Where are you going to school? In New York at West Point. That's pretty cool. West Point, doing? the military academy? Yeah. What are you, uh, what are you studying right. at West Point? I'm studying math. Okay. So wh- where's the connection to the military academy? Um, like, how did it all start? Yeah. Uh, my brother went there when I was going through high school, so visited him a few times and uh, really liked what it was like wanted to pursue that when you say what it was like what do you mean just like how everybody's kind of like there for a reason um discipline structure purpose yeah yeah that just like squat racks (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) quad Uh, blasting they got a great dive team yeah i was able to get on the diving swimming dive team so that for west point yeah you are you're going back to diving well uh i probably won't be going back to diving because i'll only have like half a semester or one semester of eligibility okay so um i'll have to find something new and fortunately i developed a new hobby that i'll be able to use so that leads me to really the ultimate question is are you going to be able to try out for the west point uh the parachute team parachute team the black knights uh i'm really hoping so so normally they wouldn't have somebody uh join the team so late in their uh career Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna i've done five semesters there so i only had three left but uh i'm hoping that if, when i come back with this experience um maybe i'll be able to join them dude just good show luck. them your film festival video <laughs> dudes i'm in check it out like look man beautiful people uh, this is what it's about guys yeah. so you're going back to west point um math degree mm-hmm. are you gonna what are you gonna do with a math degree i'm not sure yet um i've thought about teaching math uh Counting cookies. Yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> it, it'll, if I wanted to go back or go to school for something else, like uh, something in another field, it, it still leaves. It, it, I can use it for that. I mean, it's pretty versatile. Or you could be uh, a nerd like my sister and go like get her master's in math yeah, or something like, like that. Jeff. Yeah. Get a PhD in math. Yeah, Jeff can only do math and letters. <laughs> if there were any numbers involved, Jeff would be effed in math. Did you you know that about him? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he he's got it. It's piled higher and deeper in math for him. 
I went to a math class <laughs> with my sister. She was getting her uh, she's secondary education major. And I just sat in for a brief moment in a math class. And I'm like, you just wrote a sentence on the board. That's not a math <laughs> problem. It's an effing sentence, man. I don't understand what language it's in, <laughs> but it is. Is there, uh, is there something particular that interests you in, in that field? Like if you could have your dream job involving your math degree, does that, does that exist for you? Not, not that I can see. I just really enjoy math. I like the, the puzzle of it kind of. So I just figured I'll study something that I like. And Do you uh, know the movie Goodwill Hunting? Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't. You've heard, oh it. my God. Do you like apples? How do you like them apples? I got a number. <laughs> um, dude, you have to see this movie. Yeah. I've, he does yeah. accents so effing well, dude. It's Again, it's only <laughs> things I've heard. I can only do that accent because it's a line from the movie and I've <laughs> seen and quoted the movie a million times. I'm going to show you a video of my mom and make you talk like her. You know what's funny? <laughs> I want you to uh, quote The Departed or like The Town or one of those movies. Dude, th- I know The Departed. I know the whole thing. Oh, Start me anywhere <laughs> and I'll finish the movie. So, uh, no, but with, with Asian accents, uh, Sam's Filipino, her family, uh, aunts, uncles, parents, they all speak Tagalog mm-hmm. and they have this really unique accent and I can't do it at all. Just fuck up the P's and F's. P's and F's? What's, reverse, what's it called? Reverse. T- Tagalog is the language? Tagalog. Yeah. F- um, reverse your P's and F's. Like, uh, what does a Pilafino <laughs> call a pair of pliers to phylots? P's and F's. And I'm not... Being silly, a really deep Filipino would laugh. Like, I get that. That's pretty funny, man. And I'm like, mm. that's so sad. If you reverse your P and F's Pilipinos. No, I'm not gonna, yeah, that's not going to work, work for me. Yeah, and Don't do it as deep. I'm being a little more uh, blunt with a P and F. Kind of like the Japanese R and L. We eat rots of lice. You really needed that. Ne- never noticed. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got you got to watch Goodwill Hunting. So we, we can remake Goodwill Hunting, but instead of baseball, which he's good at, we're going to be skydiving. All right. So you say you don't think you'll have all the footage, but mm-hmm. the thing is is you'll be out at West Point, you'll be skydiving, you'll be doing your thing. You have all your friends' footage you can steal because none of them are going to enter the film festival with you, <laughs> and you can come back next October and visit us again. Yeah. It is actually, of all the things we've done with Gravity Lab, it's, I, I don't even care about the podcast anymore. I keep doing it just so I can have, the, have another film festival next year. <laughs> this is the only reason I sit with this don't guy. About it it, it really is one of the funnest nights of, of the year, the film festival. Yeah. Karaoke Car- night might be dead. I oh would bring no. it back if there were popular demand to bring it back, but I don't think that's going to happen. Really? Yeah. Dude, I had a lot of fun at karaoke night. I did too. Especially yeah. this this last one because I made the video edit to to open up the show with, which I had a lot of fun. Were you here for this? No. Oh my god. It was fun. Dude, I had fun, but it's like, well, is it really enough Like, because I want to be a rap star? Is that enough of a reason to have karaoke night? I don't think so. Yeah, the the first year we did karaoke night, we had such a huge uh, attend not attendance but um, interaction. So many people got up and sang. So many people did karaoke. So many people had fun with it. And this last year, man, there were plenty of people there, but there was not a lot of people singing. It was the same people over and over again. And you should see Billy drunk singing something, man. Oh, yeah. did oh, Billy sure. kill stand, it? Stand by oh, me. That's dude. what he's saying. Dude, at the very <laughs> end, Billy called me up and made me sing some Irish thing with him. A Scottish. Totally Scottish. Trying to blow me out of the water, apparently, because later he's like, oh, man, you totally fucked me on that because you did better than I did on it. I'm like, well, I was just reading, like, if it's a song I knew, I had a hard time singing along with it. If it's a song I didn't know, I would read the words on the screen and be successful, which makes <laughs> zero sense. But I, I just felt like anytime I've done karaoke, the tempo of the song I know is never the same as its tempo that I know. 
And I don't know if it's they change the tempo or if it's just because yeah, I'm horrible with music. I think I've heard that it's ten percent faster most karaoke songs. I don't know yeah. if that's true. I don't know, man. But, but I, long story short, I'm going to make people ask us to do karaoke night again before before we get around to it. But the film festival is going to happen. So. Yeah. Next October. Kevin Craig says do it. Nick is a rap star. I think he's referring to karaoke night. Kevin, you got to get a lot more people to convince us to do karaoke night again because I just, man, I'm not seeing it happen. Dude, you know that I will get up on that stage and rap shitty hip hop music. You know I will do that. I'm mm-hmm. going to print you out dollar bills next year so you can make it rain from the stage Perfect. if we do it. So Perfect. It'll work out good, man. <laughs> so come back next year and make that film festival video, man. I, I really, right. I hope you come back. I hope you do it. Yeah. What's your goals next year with skydiving? You're back in school. Yeah. It's going to be limited. Um,. Well, I guess one goal would be to be able to be on the parachute team. Um, and if that happens, it would open a lot of things, open up a lot of things, like uh, potentially some demo jumps or four-way team. That'd be really cool. Um, but otherwise, basically, just try to stay current and in my skills and 100 jumps will be a great goal next year yeah. is that what you're telling me yeah what is what a contrast yeah for real <laughs> and when you're done with west point you're getting your degree in math but yeah you actually are now committed to serve active duty mm-hmm. for a minimum five years do you think that's what you're going to do five years or do you think you might go career with the military um i have my mind open for what i would want uh, like i've c- kind of gone back and forth uh right now it, uh, i think not going career with mm-hmm. it but um i mean if, if it's what i really enjoy then maybe well you didn't have a dream job in math do you have a dream job in the military uh n- not necessarily no um it still kind of changes Wh- what branch of the military army okay mm-hmm. yeah. uh what about the knights have you thought about the knights so they don't have any officers on the golden knights you'll be an officer yeah that's right Sad man. Sad. Yeah. At, we a uh, buddy of ours was on the show. Uh, God dang it, Blake. Blake Gainer. I say buddy of ours. Oh, a buddy yeah. of mine. The Golden Knight. Yeah, and I never knew this, but if you make it past, I think it was E seven. If you make seven, I don't, I don't know if it was if you make seven or if you make E eight. If you make seven, you actually get. You can't be on the team anymore. There yeah. was too high of an even unlisted rank. And actually, remember him we, saying that? Didn't he turn down a? promotion because of that uh, a lot of golden knights turned down a promotion and actually a mutual friend of ours we found out that's how i found out during the show is a, a mutual friend of uh blake and mine ryan he actually got dropped from the knights because he missed a promotion he, he was up for a promotion uh, knights regularly turned down the promotions he missed the window to turn it down and got his promotion he's like Shit. <laughs> now i'm just a parachute rigger in the military he, he wants to still be a golden knight which he ryan is a super chill guy he accepts it he's he rolls with the punches really really good dude so next year, hopefully a thousand jumps. Cannot do hundred jumps. <laughs> can't do the military. Uh, can't do the Golden Knight thing. Yeah. Um, what do you th- What do you think the future is going to hold? You, you say you don't know, but yeah. you really can make it happen. Um, I'd like to be able to travel a lot more with skydiving. So like, I'd, I'd have some like opportunities to like take leave and be able to travel somewhere around the country, um, or even the world. Uh, that'd be lot of fun because i mean i've only jumped in texas so far uh and then also to be able to do more tunnel um because that's not weather dependent um and i can do a lot more in a shorter time so you have 1200 jumps and you've only jumped in san marcos dallas and houston 
You're spoiled, man. That's great. I ain't blind. I'm mad at it. Don't forget Aruba. Come on. That's and Aruba, sounds. dude. <laughs> yeah. All that, dude. You've jumped in Aruba. <laughs> you got it all smoked. I mean, I, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but man, you've, you've got it good. Yeah, for real. That is not a bad way to start your skydiving career. Where are you going to jump at in New York? Do you know? Uh, so skydive the ranch is about an hour away. Okay. I, I, I thought the ranch would be the closest. I just, I'm never yeah. sure. I don't know. When it gets northeast, I don't know the lay of the <laughs> land at all, man. Maine is the furthest away. That I know. Yeah. Um, so this year, how long are you here for? When do you leave? Uh, middle of December. So like December 19th around there. Man, it's coming right up. It's like yeah. two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, it is. It is. This is the worst time of the year for the jump package for us because the first two or three months of the jump package, I really don't get to know people well. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it is, is we have so many people traveling through the winter. It's hard to figure out or like, are you traveling or are you here for the jump package? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of let all the transient folk settle through. And when you see who leaves and who stays like, OK, you're the jump package people. Now you're who I need to remember. Um, and you get to know these people over the year. You get to joke around and have fun, do courses with you guys and have a good time. And now you're all fucking leaving. Mark Jenner just sent me a message yeah. last night. I had no clue he left. Yeah. He uh, he didn't realize I wasn't going to be on the DZ on vacation. I didn't realize he was going to be leaving. So <laughs> unfortunately, our goodbye was through Facebook. But thank God we have Facebook. Yeah. You leave in March or, or in mid-December. Yeah. Who else is leaving? When are they leaving? Uh, Raimundo, um, Terry. Jacko, eventually. Man. But he's, he's going to come back. Yeah, so. he's ta- when, when's Jacko coming back? Do you know? Uh, I think sometime in the spring, maybe summer. Yeah. What's his plans for coming back? Um, I'm not totally sure. I don't think but he is either. Yeah. I, I don't really mean that jokingly. I'm not oh, trying yeah. to be silly. Like, uh, the, yeah. I mean, the package hasn't been released yet, so still pe- everybody's kind of... When did we Not announce knowing. the package in the previous years? When did Spaceland? You know, I think it's traditionally been in like October, November that they've announced the price and kind of announced the plan. But I think there there were so many people that did it this year that they're just trying to reevaluate financially what, you know, how can we do this to either spread it around to more drop zones mm-hmm. so that, you know, most of the people on the jump package are in Houston. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, it becomes financially challenging to keep turning an airplane with uh, with zero dollar slots. So whether they limit to okay, this many people can have it at this many locations, and then there's this other price that you can have it for all locations or something like that. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be front. And this is just from what I know. I'm not, I'm not an official on this uh, topic whatsoever. It's just kind of what I've heard through the grapevine mm-hmm. that it'll be something along those lines as a similar guideline, just a little more restrictions to uh, to share it with the other drop zones and, and not leave any one drop zone too burdened by it. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I've, I, I've seen loads plenty of times this year, 15 to 20 people on the load who are all unlimited jump package, which people who've already paid for their jumps, so they said and done our paying slots, but at the same time, they're paid for. They're done paid for. So it is a huge burden to 1DZ. And also, man, I would love to see San Marcos have these same kind of jump numbers. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather see 4DZs flying medium-sized loads all day long than one DZ flying full loads all day long. I mean, it, to spread it out, I really like that idea. And uh, you you also have this this problem, and it's not really a problem, that you get to visit the other space lands as well. And, man, to be able to go to a space land and just know I can get there and get loads anytime I want would be super nice. I think that's why you're here. Yeah. Because you started the package in San Marcos, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll find out more about the jump package soon. I, I uh, man... 
met a lot of cool people. Blair Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been so successful that they really don't need to promote it right now, like, no. they, like they have in the years past. Of there's there's more interest than maybe availability. And I, again, I don't even know if that's true. I don't know how many jump packages they're going to offer, how many locations. But it seems like there are enough people in the skydiving world who know about it that the moment that Spaceland makes a you know a Facebook post of hey, the jump package is available, you can go buy it here. Here's the price. I'm I'm sure that I mean I babysit the social media a little bit for Spaceland and. So I know the, you know, there are plenty of people who are already, you have been asking questions about it for months. So yeah. I don't think they'll have a hard time selling out of whatever they decide to offer. I, I, yeah, I have no doubt about it either. If Even if we had a huge number of slots like we did this year, I think it would happen again. Uh, real quick, I do want to take one second and read this comment. Jonathan Davis, what's up, guys? I've been listening to you guys for over a year. Finally caught one of your shows live. Uh, thanks for all the information you provide. Something that's blown my mind recently is that outreach. Uh, a good example combining all of these conversations, announcing uh, Jackson Jackson's video today. So threw it out there like, hey, here's his video from the jump package. Somebody mentioned, hey, man, I can't wait to do the jump package. I've been watching. I want to check it out. It's something I'm doing. All this information is out there, including a lot of people randomly listen to the show. And we're hearing more and more from you guys. Um, I'm throwing in just a quick shameless plug. I hadn't mentioned this during the ad today, but we are still working on our Deland trip. I do have dates set. Um, I do have some things confirmed. I'm working on a little bit more behind the scene things. I do have a location confirmed with dates confirmed. Um, we are looking at other locations, uh, just for options. Um, thank, thank, thank the people who are offering what they have to us. It's actually a great opportunity. We're just making sure we can lock everything in. Um, so we're definitely doing this. Are we, um, are we calling it the, the Great Deland Roadshow? Is there a name? Um, Even though we're flying? It's, it's, uh, the, Deland, it's the uh, 2019 Deland Roadshow is just what I've dubbed it in Well, files. that's going to be the wrong year, so you're going to have to change that already. No, it probably says 2020. I'd have to look that up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I've just been calling it the Deland Roadshow. Okay, um, I like that. Yeah. I have no clue what to call it. I just had to name files something when I was doing all the crap for this. So, um, guys, if you are watching, if you are paying attention, if you are listening, we are still looking for a little bit of support. We've had some really great outreach from a lot of you guys. Oh, somebody is donating some miles for some airfare. So we, we've got uh, Nick and I's flights taken care of. Uh, we're having a few of you guys reach out and offering to help take care of rental car and Airbnb. Uh, I have found some very reasonably priced Airbnbs. We are looking to stay on a budget. We're not looking to ball. We're not looking for you to put us up first uh, class. By the way, if you have a penthouse in Deland you want to give us, we, we will take it. hey But, no, we, we are really looking to do this as economically as possible. Man, how so. good of friends do we have? Man, I it, it's wonderful. I can't thank people enough. Uh, a lot of our friends have asked to remain anonymous, which... And, and I know you've been conversing with these people. I yeah. have no idea who's putting up any of this stuff, but man, to whoever it is, I hope you hear this and uh, know that, man, it's it's super uh, humbling and uh, I'm super grateful that, that we have people that are willing to do anything like that. That's how much it... Like, to me, it means so much more that they want to be anonymous. You know, if, if Hudson was like, yo, dude, look at me. I'm throwing down $1,000, $100, 50 bucks, whatever. Cool, dude. Thank you. I have absolute, absolute thank for that. Thanks for that. But the guys who are saying, hey, man, thank you. I want to re remain anonymous, man. They're obviously doing it just to support what we're doing, to support the show, to support the listeners, man. It is it's very humbling. It's very honoring. So if you guys want to hit it up, you want to hook us up, let us know. There are 20,000 ways to get a hold of me. 
for uh, for this, let me know. Monty at gravitylabradio.com. Hit me up on social media, Facebook, and whatever, however you know how to do it. So we are getting that done. Uh, Bill Booth and I have been communicating. John LeBlanc and I have been communicating. Do you even know who Bill Booth is, Hudson? He's a guy in the video. All right. Well, that's, that's a good enough answer. Do you answer. know who else Bill Booth is? He's the one who invented tandems. Do you know who else Bill Booth is? You are correct. He has a big beard. I love it. He looks like ZZ Top. So did you know in the early day of tandems, the instructors went on front and the students went on back worrying the rig? Whoa. And do you know who Ted Strong is? No. There's two godfathers of tandem skydiving. Bill Booth, Ted Strong. These two gentlemen are ultimately responsible for you jumping out of a turbine airplane today. Because if it wasn't for freaking tandem students, we wouldn't have nearly the low capacity. We wouldn't have nearly the amount of turbines flying. How many times at the drop zone have we seen the day end because tandems are done coming in? Man, we, tandems are what makes this world go around. Mm-hmm. Ted Strong and Bill Booth, they started tandem skydiving, and they actually have a picture of themselves with their secretaries, Drogless, in I've free fall. I've seen that picture. Isn't that yeah, man, I, I couldn't believe that that was a real photo. <laughs> yeah, man. So Bill has done a lot for the sport. He uh, brought, a lot of people will say he invented the three ring, and I don't think that's an appropriate term. He adopted the three ring to skydiving use, I think, is a more appropriate term. I brought it from another industry, but absolutely it revolutionized skydiving cutaways. It, it, it was still a huge, huge deal. Um, a couple other devices he he brought to us. So uh, do you know what company he owns? No. No? Really? Uh, no. I don't know. He makes a tandem rig. UPT. UPT, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm really shocked to hear that. No, that's good. You have good uh, information for only being a skydiver for <laughs> nine months. Yeah. Man, I gotta forget that. I, I can't. I mean, I, I gotta remember that. I, you've only been jumping for nine, ten months. So, guys, gals, hit us up. Let us know if you are interested. Uh, Justin, thank you for sharing that on the face space uh, stuff like that as well, man. Mister, I want to call you Jackson. Mister <laughs> Hudson, thank you. <laughs> Have you learned anything in skydiving this year that you didn't expect to learn? I mean, I didn't <laughs> expect to be. Or, uh, if you asked me a year ago, I would never have guessed that I would be jumping. Or skydiving at all. So, so when we, it's all new. Let's just say from the point you started skydiving that you decided this was the cool new thing, this is what you wanted to do, flip some shit out of the airplane. <laughs> was there anything that you found, you know, at the drop zone that you didn't think would be part of the experience? The Australians. <laughs> Good day. Good eye. Good eye, you cheeky uh, God, some GCs. <laughs> Cunt is the funnest word to say yeah. in an, in an uh, Australian accent. I'm sorry. I know that Americans frown upon that word. Australians why, no. use it very openly. And there's some, some. I've always appreciated that word. It's a great word. Why can you call, like, so Hudson is one of the nicest guys in the world. We're just using him for this story. He's a dick, dude. Why is it okay to say that about a guy? He's a dick, but you can't say when somebody's being a cunt, they're being a cunt. Hey, he's a good cunt, hey? Like they people will accept that, but like, dude, she's being a fucking cunt is an okay <laughs> term if it applies. It's just a descriptive <laughs> word, man. It's something that I, I've, I've it always seems like a word that any adult female will cringe at, though. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't know how to yeah. fix that. Yeah, but uh, just start saying it more. You know what I think <laughs> is is a really good therapy. is a really good compromise. <laughs> start instead calling of, everyone cunt. No, instead <laughs> of using the word cunt, just be like, "Oh man, Justin was being a little cunty today." Yeah, like yeah. I feel like that takes the edge uh-huh. off just a little bit. I love the way they use uh, words. <laughs> All Australians, yeah, those Aussies, I mean, like, <laughs> they got some good slang. Oh, I love it. Do, do you have a favorite slang term that they throw out? 
I like some of the phrases that they use, like buzzing like an old fridge. Buzz it, yeah, buzzing like an idiot. When did they use what that? Is, what does that mean? Oh, when you get down from a jump. Yeah, when you're all excited. You're just oh, buzzing like an like old fridge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love hearing the things they say. Go so, down the pub, get some frothies, eh? <laughs> Chase some skirt, tune some Sheila's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Where are we going, Nick? Where are we going? I really hope that Josh is hearing this right now and that he's anywhere near as excited as I am. <laughs> All I know is when you start talking that way, the only Aussie I can do is you nick me lighter. You know, uh, have you... Oh, God damn it. What's the name of it? I wish Joshua was here right now. Um, Damo and... Mm, oh, are you talking about like the oh, Bogan The Bogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You Siggy Butt Brain. Siggy Butt Brain. That's the video. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, this year, you've made a lot of skydives. A, you didn't see yourself skydiving. The two questions is number one, of all the things you've learned to do this year... What are you the most stoked about? And I'll tell you number two. Um, the thing I'm most stoked about yeah. is all the possibilities that could come from it. Just whether it be a, a weekend hobby, a career, um, something to uh, just find success in, whether it be like comp- competition or big way. Just so many possibilities. And of all the things you learned to do this year, what's the coolest thing? you? If there's one thing in the sky, you can say, I can do this. And it doesn't matter how goofy, it doesn't matter who you're telling it to, what's the coolest thing you can do in the sky in your own mind? Well, during STP, they tell you you're never going to do the flips and shit again. But uh, after doing free flying, you definitely will. So being able to do all those flips... Doing some really creative jumps and just thinking of the idea of like you're falling through the sky and with with your buddies. Dude, I want to chase you doing flips so bad. <laughs> Let's do it. All I right. Do it two way with you. Perfect. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah. Cool. As we wrap tonight up, Mr. Hudson, anything else you want to share with your friends, family, your grandmother watching? Hey, Carla, how you doing, girl? Just a quick shout out to everybody that I know. Everybody that I've met this year, it's been amazing. I mean, couldn't imagine a better year without meeting all the people that I did. Um, some lifelong friends. Man, super stoked to have you around, man. Uh, just good old Indiana boy, apparently. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I forget that. You have been great to have around. Watching you learn has been tremendous. Watching you fly has been tremendous. But just watching you being a good dude has been a lot of good times as well. Anything else you want to share, Mr. P? No, it has been. Uh, I gotta just just back up what DJ was saying. Is man, it's been good to see how quickly you've learned, like how good, how quickly you've gotten good, and how humble you are. Because there are some people with lesser skill sets who are way bigger headed than you. Like to to even I'm I'm not implying that you have a big head at all. You're super humble. You're super chill. You're someone who you wouldn't think to know you that you're someone who uh, gets as good as quickly as as you have. And so kudos to you for not letting that shit go to your head and becoming, you know, a, a prima donna in, in skydiving because I think that that's something that we've certainly seen happen with people who learn at an even slower rate than you. So good job keeping your head about you and good job uh, learning as fast as you've, as you've done. Thank you. Mr. G, you got anything going on? No, nothing like they of. 
Awesome, man. Guys and gals, next week, not 100% sure if we're going to be coming to you during the week with the show. The following weekend, we do have Mr. Matthew Fry coming in. He is a free fly organizer, big way guy. He does all of it when it comes to the world of free fly. Super good dude. He's friends with Constantine. Despite that, we love him anyways. Till then, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies, we are out of here. Love you, Grandma. Cookies are awesome. Thank you, Oma. I have such a sugar high. Oma. Oma, 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 Oma. Denim, denim, denim. Brian Bernard. I get ready for my kid. Am I back on? Am, Am I, I back, back on? on? Hello? 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 Check. Is this thing on? I'm not. Can I get more Nick on? in my headphones? Can I get less Nick in my headphones? Hey, Brian Never. Bernard. <laughs> Brian. Brian, you're not listening. Brian. <laughs> <laughs>